star so bright Pull your hat down Make sure your cinch is tight Horse is kinda snuffy Cold chill up your spine Go get your ass Moving some more burning daylight Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Happy Monday. Hope the weekend treated you well. Uh, it was a pretty good weekend here. It's cooling off. Um, uh, what's that? Oh, God, the, uh, the rides pins for us now, my coworker. He, uh... He said, um, summer ain't dead, but it, but his back's broke. Still hanging in there a little bit, but we've had, uh, yeah, had, had really nice weather. Um, went up to Tahoe with my lady. Uh, we had, uh, <clears throat> we had our, uh, ninth, uh, wedding anniversary here earlier this week. So it was a fun little trip. And, uh, yeah, we went kind of toodling around, went out to, uh, brunch and uh, and then just went on a drive and it was fun so anyway I had a good weekend hope you guys did too um, I've been kind of following I don't know I know you guys have uh, if if you listen much you've, you've noticed I've been kind of on a <coughs> on a football uh, gambling kind of kick and um, and kind of following in those lines um, uh, Mackenzie Johnston who, who um, her shows on the on on my uh, feed here uh cattle news central and she's calling it was it Live, livestock digital daily uh now she's got her own going own thing going over there and uh but anyway she does uh pretty good work and uh so listen to it here on on burning daylight network or on her channels it don't matter go listen to it she does a good job but she's uh been reporting on this uh this cody easter day um ordeal up in Washington and uh, the guy that used to ride pins for me used to work for this Easter day outfit. And, uh, and it was a big, you know, it's a big uh, outfit up there in uh, I guess it'd be like Eastern Washington um, and in the <laughs> Columbia basin, which I'm not exactly sure where that's at, but I, I believe it's kind of like uh, Southeast Washington, but Anyway, if you haven't heard, this guy has uh, just been convicted of uh, wire fraud and um, and has uh, is being sentenced to like eleven years in uh, in federal prison and ordered to pay um, restitution of two hundred and forty four million dollars. Um, <clears throat> and it is a wild story. Um, but before we delve into it, like, let me, let me get back to the gambling part of it. Like I, uh, NFL has been really fucking hard to gamble on here, here this season. I don't know what it is. Like it's just, like teams come out of nowhere. It's the NFL, you know, and, um, Jacksonville who's been on a roll here lately. Uh, are they a good team? It was starting to kind of look like it. And they were playing the Texans. Who's a dog shit team. They were Oh, two and one going in this game. And uh, did I pick uh, Jacksonville to win straight up? Yes, I did. But I put it in a parlay, uh, and it was uh, it was a five dollar bet that was going to pay out at like twenty five, twenty six bucks, something like that. It was a pretty good bet, and every single team on that parlay hit except for fucking Jacksonville. And son of a bitch. And and in my case, it's a five dollar bet. <laughs> It's not a big deal. I put in a hundred, uh, hundred bucks at the beginning of the season and I'm still kind of hanging in there. Uh, I think I'm down about 50. So <clears throat> week five, um, so I might be able to make it out to, to week 10. Um, if, if things progress the way they are and, and it's just kind of fun. It, it makes, uh, makes the games a little more interesting and, um, and it's, at the end of the day, it's a hundred bucks that, uh, that I put in. Um, when you talk about like gambling, uh, I, I can understand how people get really, 
um, really sucked into it. Um, and I, I know people, and I've worked with people that'll will spend. Uh, like I remember in Kansas, there was guys that uh, payday would go just get piles of those like scratch off lotto tickets, and uh, <clears throat> I, I just that that one I n- never made sense to me. Um, and then at the same time, I've seen here in Nevada where casinos are fucking everywhere. I've seen guys that'll, uh, sit, you know, every paycheck go right down to the casino and either on the slots or, or go to the tables, whatever it is. And, uh, just, you know, I was, uh, I was in Carson city the other day waiting on, uh, <coughs> um, no, I took the took my wife's vehicle in to get something done, and I went to the casino while I was waiting for for them to finish up. And uh, yeah, there was some. It was like a Tuesday morning, or like early afternoon, like not not your like prime time gambling hours uh, by any means. Uh, Monday, maybe it was a Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday. Um, and this chick was at the blackjack table and so was I. So, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not thinking any, any more highly of myself because it's Monday, um, late morning, early afternoon in that time frame, And we're both sitting down at Bodine's, uh, casino, uh, at the blackjack table and doing our thing. And, um, difference with her and me is I had a hundred dollars on the table and she had uh 4,500. Uh, and wow. And she's playing like four different hands or three different hands, I guess is, is what, what she was playing. And, um, yeah. And, and betting a couple hundo every, every single hand and, uh, and she was winning and, uh, it's uh his crazy crazy deal gambling and I kind of enjoy it but I, I do very small stakes um because I could see how somebody get drawn into that and uh yeah like I said I know guys that send spend an entire paycheck and, and sometimes it, it pays off um and they gamble till it's time to come work and uh yeah sometimes they're they're a lot wealthier than they were and most of the times they're not uh that's how how gambling goes um but this one this uh this story that that uh this easter day uh saga it, it's it it's all there's a gambling uh addiction for sure that's a big part of it um but you look at the circumstances that that uh, led up to it and it's just uh <clears throat> i i'm going to read uh an article from i believe um some sort of vegetarian, uh, vegan. Um, I don't know. I would say to be some sort of an activist, um, very left wing. It appears to be, but, uh, overall wrote a really, really good article on, on this story. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use a reference it quite a little bit. Um, but also, uh, DTN, um, did, did some good reporting on it and, and, like I said, um, uh, McKenzie has done a lot of, a lot of reporting on this. And, uh, and, and so I've, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, it's a pretty big story. And, uh, and one that I've got a lot of mixed feelings on, cause uh, as you know, I'm, I never one to, uh, take a hard line, uh, stance on, on something without knowing all the facts. And then the, the more you look into something, uh, you get to see that, man, there's a, it's a, it's a complicated story. Um, so anyway, um, Cody Easterday was, uh, I don't know what his exact title was, but it was, a it was a family, family run, uh, operation up there in Washington and uh, Easterday farms, uh, and Easterday ranches or Easterday ranch. <laughs> and, uh, it's a fourth, it was a fourth generation outfit. Um, and uh, this article I'm going to um, that I'm referencing, I'll, I've got I've got several of them up here. But um, so this guy that that wrote it, his name is Lee Vandervu. Um, from what I can tell, he's uh, I don't know exactly how you uh, describe him if he's like a freelance um, type of reporter or. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not real sure what you would uh, would call him, but a uh, activist reporter. Um, yeah, so, something along along the lines. Um, but Lee Vander Vu. Um, strange name. Seems like probably kind of a strange fella. Um, but who who am I to judge? You know, we'll uh, we'll take him at his reporting, and uh, and it seems to be pretty pretty decent. Um, there, there's some definite, definite bias in there. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's, uh, it's subtle and, uh, and then more than anything, there's some kind of laughable, um, in my opinion, uh, no offense to this guy, just typical, uh, lefty, uh, lefty speak, you know, uh, I think at one point he, he uses Latinx unironically. Um, so that's fun. Um, but anyway, this article is called uh bet in the ranch and, and it starts off with, um, <coughs> kind of the day of, uh, so is is this Cody Easter day is the guy that got, just got sentenced, convicted and sentenced to, uh, to federal prison. But, it starts off with the the story of his dad get uh Gail yesterday um drove head on and uh look I I I couldn't ever find the like the the off ramp that they're talking about but apparently it's kind of a weird weird off ramp but he he went the wrong way and uh and slammed head on into one of his own um like produce trucks. I think it was like an, uh, it was an onion truck or something. Um, didn't hurt his driver. Um, that driver, um, went across four lanes of, uh, interstate traffic, uh, got T-boned by another semi and then some debris hit a couple other people. And luckily nobody outside of, uh, Gail yesterday was hurt. Um, from what I understand, Gail Easterday was, uh, um, yeah, he kind of exploded like a balloon and, um, not, not a, not a pretty deal. And, um, I guess it was about the same day that, uh, that his son had confessed to this big scheme where he defrauded, uh, Tyson family foods or Tyson foods, whatever their official name is, but you know, Tyson, one of the big packers, um, defrauded them of over $260 million over a quarter of a billion dollars. This dude, um, managed to get away, uh, from Tyson and it sounds really salacious. And then the more you dig into it and it's just, it's really kind of sad because, um, while he, he made off with a bunch of money, um, it wasn't so much that, uh, he was just, uh, like partying it up um, more than anything he'd got involved in futures trading and um, got a little too cute. It sounded like, and um, lost his fucking ass. And um, we'll, uh, we'll get into it, but it's a really, really, really interesting story. Um, so, <clears throat> How how it all kind of started was that it goes back to like the late eighties, and um, this is uh, I might as well leave that up there. Uh, it was um, kind of one of the the early day, you know, kind I guess kind of the early days of um, like when the, when the packing industry really, really started to, to reconsolidate like it did, um, back in the early days of, of the, the U S packing industry, which, um, <clears throat> I've been, I've been on a tear on, on kind of the, the formations of the, the labor movement. And I've been, um, doing a lot of research on, um, you know, like coal miners and stuff. Um, but I'm going to have to, to get a little bit more into um the the meat packing side of it um but anyway they they started off um with this uh kind of a, a sweetheart deal with Tyson Foods and um it sounds very familiar to me because uh it sounds very similar to the kind of 
kind of program um, setup that Cactus Feeders had, and <clears throat> I uh, I can't recall if I, I'm sure I, I signed some sort of um, NDA, but um, that this stuff is fairly fairly public knowledge at this point, so I don't know how much. <laughs> Uh, trouble I could ever get into, but it, it sounds very similar to a setup that they had where uh, Tyson fronted the the money for a certain type of cattle to fit this program that, that Tyson had. And, and in particular, they, they exported um, some beef to Japan, um, which has very stringent uh, export uh, regulations and requirements and, uh, but also has a huge uh, beef market, so it's uh, it's been one of the like the more sought after <coughs> um, export markets to to get into that. And the EU EU is uh, also a huge uh, beef market, but very hard to get into. And I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe we we export anything to the EU at the moment. Um, and for a while, we weren't exporting anything to China or to Japan uh, either. And then in the Trump years, that has that has changed some. And um, so, but going back to the, to the '80s, and I don't know what the <clears throat> the export markets were like at the at the time uh, politically, anyways. Um, it's it's never so much about the the actual economics of it it's it's far more about the politics behind the the markets than than it is the actual market itself because when it when it comes down to the market um the japanese like a a grain finished uh um well marbled piece of of uh beef which they have uh some over there um but being an island nation they they only have so much room. They only have so much cattle and they've got a huge population, uh, can, you know, comparable considering the size of the, the land mass, they've got a, a large population, um, with like huge urban centers like Tokyo. So, um, they import a lot of stuff, um, just, just by, due to the fact that they're an island, but also due to a, you know, a, a pretty big population. And <clears throat> yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's a very lucrative market. And I don't know what it was like, uh, back in the, in the late eighties, early nineties when, when this, uh, Cody Easter day really kind of, he, he came on at like 18 years old. Um, real go-getter i guess just like uh they, they said he was kind of the embodiment of hustle just he was always uh always finding a way to uh to expand get bigger get better um make him make money here um be more efficient there just uh just a real entrepreneur and um he he enters into this deal with Tyson where they they front him the money to to go and and buy these uh, these cattle that they they want that's going to fit their program in particular they like they said they they exported some uh, quite a little bit to Japan and uh, Japan's also big on source and age verified um, so um, then he would raise these cattle and feed them out uh, according to their you know how they want them and um they'd sell them uh, back to uh to tyson where uh upon the you know the final closeout um he would pay back what uh what they fronted him uh with uh like a, it was like a four percent interest and um he either ate the loss or he got to keep all the profit and it was a pretty good deal when when he was making money um not so much so when he was losing money, but it wasn't so much the deal with uh with Tyson that really fucked him. It was the it was the commodities market and uh the futures market. So he was trading his own cattle and, and cattle that he did not have, um, that actually just didn't exist. Um sometimes they were cattle he didn't have that they they actually existed on on the hoof. Uh, but more often than not, they were, they were cattle that just didn't exist. He was, uh, either projecting or more, more often than not, it was just, uh, or however you, he, uh, he went on to rationalize. It was, it was just to, to cover his ass, to, to try to hold on for another day. And it was uh, your typical Ponzi scheme. Uh, as long as, um, 
the money keeps getting pumped in. You can you can pay, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul until there's no more Peter. You know, um, when, when there's a lack of Peter, uh, Paul gets sad because they didn't get paid because of the lack of Peter. Um, you know, no new Peter is a bad thing for a Ponzi scheme. Um, and, you know, I, I guess, you know, if you're, you're in the business, you know how the, the futures market works uh, probably better than I do. That was one, the one area of, uh, of my ag business degree that <clears throat> I really wish I would have, paid more attention and actually um, soaked it in. But also at the same time, uh, the more I learn about it and the way, the more like, I guess how I analyze, uh, analyze it with my weird brain, the more I realized how, how it truly is just like gambling. And it's a, uh, it's, it's betting the spread on a football game. So like I'm a big Bronco fan. And and I would like to bet them straight up to win every game. I would like to, but that um, I know I know that's not going to pay off. Um, you know, when the Broncos are good, they're good. So you can win money. Um, you know, you're on a 16 game season. You could uh, you could almost you know almost uh, every year nine to 12 wins. You could, you could bank on that. They were, they were that good. They were always, always had a winning uh, record. They were, they were always uh, in playoff contention or in the playoffs. Um, and a lot of time making um, pretty deep runs into the playoffs. Um, they were, they're a good football team uh, when they're good. Um, so you could, you know, most years uh, you you know, just saying if it, if it was a straight bet, um, you know, to, to win, to win straight up, uh, regardless of what the payout is, but like you would win a majority of, of, of that season. Uh, you you would have a winning record because the Broncos had a winning record, but then, you know, when the quarterback retires and they're in a kind of a weird phase and they don't know exactly what this team's going to be, they don't really know who the quarterback's going to be. You still want to bet on them because you love the Broncos, or at least, at least I do. But uh, I, I don't want to lose money on them because um, they may not go uh, eight and eight this year. Now they have a seventeen game season, so they they might, you know, not. There's a good chance they won't even make a five hundred record unless they have a a tie in there somewhere. Um, so I don't know if I want to just bet them to win straight up. So, um. That's when you go to the the lines and see what's the spread. All right, so they are a three and a half point underdog. That means if they if you take the Broncos with the points and you say it's going to be they're going to lose, but it's probably going to be a good close game, and uh, they're going to come down to a field goal and the spread's three and a half. You're like, I'll take the Broncos. Uh, they they can cover. They're not going to. They're not going to lose by by four points. It's going to be a field goal game. I'll take that. That's kind of like your your futures contract. You know, you lock your cattle in at a certain price uh, on the futures market, and even if the the cash price uh, drops when you sell your cattle, um, you got that contract locked in, and uh, you know at a certain price, and so. Even though you didn't make as much money as you could have, you didn't lose all that much money because you hedged them outright. And um, <coughs> it, it's the same thing as betting the spread. And uh, so now, like the more the more I uh, I like to dabble in uh, in sports betting, and, and the more I look back on on how much I, I uh, missed out on the the commodities market, uh, the more I'm kind of relieved at the same time, like I wish I knew it better, but at the same time, it's like, man, that seems like a game that you can get sucked into. And it's all, it's all tied into this like really fucked up uh, system of banking that we have here in the, in the U S it's all based on you being in debt. And, um, the less I, I really wanted to, to know enough about it to like really step my foot into. So like, I'm more of a, like a hard, hard currency like 
I'm more of like a cash, uh, a negotiated cash person. So like, you know, we, we can haggle it out or you go to the sale barn and people bid on your cattle and uh, you know, that that's, that's the price because that's what the people that, that were buying the cattle said on that day. And, you know, because they, you saw the bids and, and that's how that worked. There was no, so no, uh, contract with a whole bunch of, uh, hitches and giddy ups and, uh, what, you know, what have you, um, it's, it's a straight up auction, you know, and just, uh, who's got the money who wants them and and uh are are your cattle good enough to bring the money or the people not like them you know and, and you know there's always going to be like these uh you know these theories behind the scenes that and a lot of times it's true that you know some big buyer came in and just blew everybody out of the water right off the, the get-go and then was able to to dictate uh, a lower price on on the rest of the day um, but everybody knew that he had big money and, uh, and you couldn't outbid. So they didn't even try. <laughs> and so you have, you have shit like that. Um, but it, it's, it's a really, it's a true way to know like, uh, what the market is and what your, whatever it is you're selling is worth. And, uh, and at the end of the day, you have the, you have the option, uh, option of buying them if the price is right. And it's like, yeah, I ain't, that ain't, it ain't in, any, I, I don't have the money for it or they don't, they don't fit my, my, my program, whatever it is, like it, the money ain't right. Then you just don't bid on it. Um, where you get into these contracts and it ties you in. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of how this, this Easter day deal goes. Um, it's, uh, it starts off as a good deal. And then you try to like, well, maybe it'll sweeten the pot a little bit because, uh, say I lost my ass last year because, uh, feed prices were up, <clears throat> you know, maybe, uh, maybe you didn't, um, you didn't breed back as well. Um, you know, you're, you had a whole bunch of opens and, uh, you know, you made a little bit of money, uh, selling the coals, but <clears throat> you really took a hit on that, that calf crop and, um, all things, you know, you, you lost your ass. They're like, all right, maybe I'm gonna, gonna put a little insurance on this. And, uh, and so you hedge them out and Hey, that worked out pretty good. And then you're like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'm not only gonna hedge them at this point, but I'm also going to hedge another set at this. And, um, well, and then the market really takes a hit or the market really goes up and you're just like, Oh shit. I, uh, you know, and as what the price of cattle goes up, it seems like the price of everything else goes up. I mean, that when, when cattleman's having a good year, um, you know, shit's usually pretty expensive too. It seems like, um, but regardless, say, say you, uh, hedge them at a, at a lower, lower price and then the market jumps up all of a sudden and well, shit, you, you, uh, you don't maybe don't lose your ass, but you didn't, you didn't make near as much as you could have. And, um, yeah. So either way, you, uh, one, one thing happens, one thing leads to another. And, uh, <clears throat> let's see, he, um, I'll put this back up here once I find the, the spot, but, uh, he, he was, uh, he was losing like tens of millions of dollars. All right. So, um, over the fiscal year ending in 2020, Easterday Ranch's gross revenues had declined by almost half from the previous year, from 111 million to 65 million, uh, and the ranch's investments had been wiped out entirely. Uh, the farm was similarly failing, so he had the 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 ranch's side, which was the it was a a, a feeding and and beef operation. And then they had uh, like potatoes, onions, and uh, whatever else it is that they farm up in in the Columbia Basin. <clears throat> and they had about um, it was like twenty two, uh, almost twenty, like twenty two thousand five hundred acres, um, and about half of it was irrigated. Uh, pretty big, pretty big outfit. Um, uh, the farm was similarly failing, with gross revenues falling from eighty two million to fifty two million. And interest on uh, investments diving, even as the stock market was booming. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, this is 2020. So, in uh, fiscal year ending in 2020. So that had been um, 
you know, into September. So that's the, the market was starting to come back as, uh, you know, like Florida had opened up and, and all these States were, um, the pandemic really fucked a lot of cattle producers, a lot of cattle producers, a lot of, a lot of feeders. Um, wasn't so, so much a deal for the big feeders. Uh, but it was for, for like the independent guys. And then, <clears throat> Uh, guys like uh, Easter Day, who even though uh, he had a really, really close, uh, you know, relationship with uh, with Tyson, they <clears throat> when when they uh, when their production slowed and uh, and those those plants weren't operating at the full speed, and it caused a huge backlog in uh, in the cattle processing that really hits a guy like uh like Easter Day in the pants where he's he's running on the margin everything is uh is tied in with the markets uh not just cattle futures but grain futures which uh you try to lock in your corn at a certain price so um so you can maybe uh maybe weather at the the storm get your feed prices lower and and have set yourself up for a better year. So then, you, so you're gambling on two different games at the same time. And, but those are parlays, you know, they're not just uh, standalone bets. You're not just betting on the grain market and betting on the cattle market. You're parlaying them together. So they both have to hit for that to pay out. And, you know, so like that, but that turns that $5 into $25. Like I was telling you with that Jacksonville bet, you know, so that one, when you'd have been like cattle, hog futures uh soybeans uh corn probably throw some wheat in there and uh and an oil <clears throat> oil because why the fuck not <clears throat> uh and if they all hit fuck yeah we are eating prime rib tonight god damn yeah and if not you're just like fuck 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 except uh it's not just the five dollars that i bet on it it's like Oh, well, I needed that one to hit. So I didn't like, so my account's not empty. Um, but back in the old days, you wouldn't just like be on a, on a website like I do where, um, you know, once, once it hits zero, then I'm like, well, shit. Um, well, I've got to go buy some Bitcoin because it's, because Nevada's stupid and they want you to go to the casino and, and bet at their, at their book, which is fine. I have no problem with it, but I don't, I don't go to town to, to the sports book uh, hardly ever. And actually, I don't know if I've ever actually put a put a bet down at a at a physical sports book. Um, it's always been online betting. So anyway, but Nevada doesn't doesn't do online betting unless you go straight through the casino, and it's a whole process that I haven't gone through, and I don't want to uh, necessarily. So. Um, this deal is set up like in the the Cayman Islands or the Bahamas or something like that offshore where it's all legal, but that that throws a flag with your bank account because it's uh, an overseas account. So I just buy Bitcoin, do a Bitcoin transfer, and uh, and there we go. Um, but I don't have like a bookie like saying, "Huh, yeah, I'll float you another thousand. Um, you know, but you got interest and it's due on Friday, whatever. And if not, we're going to break your fucking kneecaps. I, it's not like that. And, um, yeah, I'm not like at the, at the casino sports book and, uh, getting into some shady shit there. It's just like, fuck. All right. Well, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll buy back in next week. Maybe I won't. I don't know. And, um, and then you look at the schedule and you're like, ah, these are dog shit games. Maybe I'll just sit out, uh, betting this week when they're like oh but then the ufc and so we're like well it, it's the same thing with uh, the futures market and it just <clears throat> it seems absurd that that is how the basis of like the the ag the whole ag um, market complex is set up is all based off of uh a physical product um and then like hedging it by just gambling just just wholesale like sanctioned gambling um but we don't call it gambling we call it trading <sighs> trading commodities and uh yeah ah it's it's a crazy deal so um 
Coronavirus slowdowns at meat packers surely accounted for some of the loss. Cattle were hard to sell in 2020 while plants sputtered. Labor was scarce and supply chains shifted from restaurants to grocery stores. But a longstanding problem was also threatening the businesses. For years, Cody Easterday had been piling up stammer, staggering gets, uh, debts, gambling on the future price of beef to cover his losses. He invented whole herds of cattle on paper, then sold them to Tyson while pretending to raise them on the ranch. In November, after a Tyson worker came to take stock of the herd, Easterday confessed the phony invoicing for the cattle that didn't exist and feed for the non-existent animals. So not only was he... Uh, was he uh, having them front the money? He was also charging them for the feed that he didn't actually feed out. And um, yeah, one uh, particularly eye-catching invoice charged $5.3 million for eight lots of cattle that couldn't be found anywhere other than on paper. $5.3 million. Um, <coughs> let's see. Uh, um so I'm going to read a little bit of this because, I, like I said, I think he did uh, he did a pretty good job of uh, not just like straight reporting like what happened on the the on the legal side of things, but uh, like painting a picture of how how it happened and tying in on on how the 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 market is set up, how the industry works, and um, for a. Uh, for what appears to be a uh, a plant based type of person on left wing, I thought he did a pretty pretty damn good job. So I, I'll uh, I'll I'll put a link to this article in there as well. You can let me know what you thought. But I thought he did a really really solid job of uh, of telling this story. So um, said to understand how the Easter days unraveled in the system. First, you have to get uh, have to know the system how the, uh, know that the system is rigged and that the rancher is to be a gambler, at least in a business sense, because the market for beef is more about enriching corporations than paying ranchers a fair share. Primary challenge is that 73% of the beef in the U S is controlled by four corporations. That's it. Despite the array of colorly packaged, colorfully packaged this and that uh, in the grocery store, the corporations either create, or require the brands that give consumers a fairly anemic range of choice. The meat inside might come from different farms, raised in different ways or varying quality, but at the end of the day, it is bought, packaged, and shipped uh, by the same few actors. Because of their market heft, these corporations increasingly influence how the products are made and the prices paid to ranchers to, to make them. Tyson is among the, the market heavyweights, along with JBS Cargill, Cargill and Marfrig. <clears throat> so ranchers have long complained about the lowball prices from these companies. Nationwide data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture shows that they have reason to. Profits for ranchers have trended slimmer almost every year since the late 1980s when those prices were first tracked. Uh, by 2020, the same year, the Easter Day Empire began to crumble. A rancher's share of the value of boxed beef shipped to retailers was 37.3% down, nearly 27% since 2015 when it was at 51.5%. Uh, this while the consumer price of beef soared higher than ever. So we all know that whole that whole story. That's um, that's kind of the it's like the siren song of the of the ranch producer, like it's uh, or the the cattle producer. It's just like that's always the case, and um, I hope it's not always going to be the case, but it sure seems to be. Um, anyway, for for U.S. Uh, U.S. producers, so. Um, <laughs> There's there's a spot here. Um, okay, so when he entered into his most recent contract with Tyson in 2014, the corporation offered offered him a deal that's increasingly common. Tyson agreed from to front Easter Day the cash to buy wean calves and to feed them and to buy the cattle uh, back from Easter Day at market rates when they were grown. Uh, Tyson would pay premiums for beef quality and discounts for deficiencies. Um, but while that 
uh, might seem like a sound arrangement, one with clear expectations and guarantees. It isn't. That's because once the cattle were grown, Easter Day had to repay the Tyson the money the company had loaned him by, uh, to buy and feed them, plus he owed 4% interest on that money. And because no one knows what the market price of beef will be in some months, he never knew whether he would break even. So while the deal brought millions in cash from uh, Tyson to Easter Day ranches in the short term, it could also send that money and sometimes more back again. The price of beef was good. Uh, Easter Day pocketed the difference. If the price was bad, he was stuck for the loss. So as I said, this guy does a pretty good job of uh, summing up the, the story behind it. Uh, this practice is called formula contracting. It's a type of forward contract or a contract that sets the prices sets prices in the future. And it's not always a ruinous position to be in, but it is risky when contracting with a company like Tyson because Tyson's market have can drive up the price of cattle can drive the price of cattle down by eliminating cash competition. Tyson points out the upsides: steady incomes, reliable markets, and easier ac- access to bank loans. But there's no disputing that the uh, Formula contracting depresses the price of a steer. By spring of 2020, formula contracting ballooned to 70% of the market for cattle, more than double what it was 15 years earlier. Uh, There's a picture of uh, Cody Easterday there. Um, um, Um. he he does a good job of going into the kind of the background of uh, of Easter Day and um, and how they were pretty well respected within the community. Actually, like generally, really well respected from what I understand. They treated their employees pretty good. It sounded like um, so. Um, ranchers can manage the financial precarity of raising beef, such as. Uh, as such a middleman, but to do it well is to, oh, here we go. Cody, Cody yesterday must've faced colossal pressure. In addition to employing workers who depended on the farm and ranch, the Easter days had hundreds of accounts, hundreds of accounts around town for fuel, for machinery, for fertilizer and things like, Hey, uh, and those corrugated, corrugated metal shops where Gail Easter day spent his last day running errands. He was on a first name basis with the owners of the local enterprises there after four generations of success, his credit and Cody's credit too. Uh, it was their name. Ranchers can manage the financial precarity of raising beef as such a middleman, but to do it well is to treat it more like buying insurance than a night at the poker table. And the rancher needs two things. One is an awful lot of cattle and the other is a stockbroker. Um, so this is how it works. Ranchers with more than 50,000 pounds of living, breathing, snorting mammal can go to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the agrarian equivalent of the New York Stock Exchange, and buy what's called a futures contract. It's a paper trade. That's all uh, a place to trade bets with investors who are wagering on the future price of beef. Uh, with the help of a stockbroker, ranchers can carefully wager their can carefully wager against their cattle to make a little uh, extra profit, just in case the market price doesn't go their way. Um, where did it say? Um, okay, so this is uh. For ranchers that remain in business, raising beef uh, is an enterprise of scale and scale and scale and futures trading. But for them, there's another potential snag. While future trades on the price of beef can earn big, they are extremely risky when they angle into gambling. This is the territory that Cody Easterday found himself in on a first name basis with at least one stockbroker. Easter Day's first uh, recorded big loss was in 2011 when courts uh, records show he lost almost 14 million. He lost another 17 million in 2020 or 2012. That's 31 million in two years. Um, the following year, another tw- another 10 million and then another 20 million. So 31 million, 41 million, 61 million. Uh, then he won. In 2015, a haul of nearly $7 million turned his luck, but victory is brief. In 2016, he lost another $6 million. 
That year, with losses piled high and cash undoubtedly short, Easter Day told employees to submit fake invoices to Tyson. Uh, a, cr- a criminal investigation found billing for cattle he never bought and feed for those imaginary animals. He then then he used the cash to pay down his debts and bet some more. It worked, sort of. Tyson paid the tab, and Easter Day used uh, Tyson's money to pay down his trading debts, but Easter Day quickly lost another $18 million, so he invoiced Tyson for more cattle and more feed he didn't have. Uh, then he bet again, losing $58 million in 2018. So they just, like, keep getting bigger. Uh, for the next two years, he was in a nasty, nasty cycle, billing Tyson for imaginary cattle, then paying down the losses and trading again. Some of the fake invoices included pin numbers, the animal's gender, even a financial analysis of their prospects in the market. Each sought millions of dollars for thousands of head of cattle. Hundreds of thousands of uh, them were never real. By the time Tyson began to suspect the fraud in November 2020, Easter Day had lost more than $200 million in the futures market. Uh, when confronted by a Tyson worker and next a trio of corporate honchos, he told him uh, he told them all he had screwed up and pissed it all pissed it away on the mark. He disputed their he had been stealing, calling the phony invoices forward billing instead. Like I was going to have them. I just didn't have them yet. Um, yeah, it's uh, like just think of the the sheer numbers of that. I mean, fifty eight million in twenty eighteen alone, and uh, all told, they uh, I think they're he he is uh he's been convicted and sentenced and uh but they they're like pushing back the i i guess like the the monetary damages that he has to that he has to pay um and and it's all have has to it all all like hinges on how much uh comes of the bank bankruptcy deal but a funny, funny little story about how all this shit um, affects. I mean, like, I don't know if there's ever been um, quite a case like this. I mean, that there's the John Armour book that uh, you know I had him on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and um, and that story of the the cattle wrestling deal, and that you know that's a big, big deal. Um, but that, that was like a quarter of the size, maybe of, of what the, the Easter day deal was. Um, and, and the hell of it is, uh, when it comes down to this bankruptcy deal, it just, uh, all that, that the court decided not to, to break up the, you know, the assets and that sell it all as, as one bulk deal. And it sold for like 209 million. And so who in who in God's name has 209 million to buy that? Well, uh Bill Gates and uh the Mormon Church <laughs> is uh were the two people that bid on it and the Mormons won out. So um you know, I guess in that in that scenario, uh I'm not sure how much I like the Mormon Church. I know plenty of Mormons that I get along with them just fine. I don't know. I don't know if I like the Mormon church any more than I like the Southern Baptist convention or the, or the Catholic church. Um, but I, I think I would, I think they're, they at least have some sort of doctrine that, that, uh, that, that stands behind them or at least that they lean on. And uh, Bill Gates, I don't think does. So I'll take the Mormons over Bill Gates, uh, 10 times out of 10, uh, on that scenario. So, um, but also it's just like, man, it's just like feudal lords just coming in and swiping up more, more, more and more property. Um, and, uh, and you're like your average family farm, uh, farm and ranch, it just continues to go by the wayside. And <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would like to talk to this Cody Easter day one time. Um, you know, might be hard to do considering his, uh, he's in prison now. Um, he's been out on, on, uh, 
kind of hall pass type deals a couple of times, but I wonder if he would ever sit down for an interview, but I, cause I would like to hear like his side of the story and like, what were, what were the big grand plans? I like there, I, um, I forget what, which article it was in, so I'm not going to pull it up, but there was like, in one of these, these, uh, articles I read, they, there was a report of like, there was private, uh, private jet and a, and a private hangar and stuff. So like, like maybe they were balling a little bit, but also like, were were they, what was it just like trying to play the game and try to outplay the big boys and like, just trying to come away with a little, little bit, a little bit more than you did last year. And then you just like, you got, you you fell into their game hard and you didn't have <sighs> when, when they don't bluff, you know, they, they don't bluff. They've got the money to back it up. And so when, when your bluff doesn't take, Oh boy, that hurts. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, you don't get to buy back in now. Like <laughs> you're, you're done. You got them for a little bit. But boy, it did it didn't cover and just continue to not cover. And then the more like the bigger the debts are, the bigger the bets you, you have to make to try to make it pay off. And the next thing you know, you're like betting on, you know, high school girls uh basketball in, you know, Maine or some shit like that. And, and you're just trying to and you're betting big time money on it and you don't have a fucking clue what you're doing. And you, but you just got to cover cover that debt because uh, otherwise the bookie's coming to break your knees. And other, and, you know, in this case, it's Tyson bringing down the power of the federal government on your ass. So, um, and and you think the uh, the federal government's gonna gonna throw you a bone? Fuck no! Tyson's gonna make a they're they're gonna make an example out of you. Uh, show show these peasants what happens when you stand up against them. You know, uh, you know, fuck fuck your little outfit. You know, like you're you gonna you gonna try to get one over on us? He he, he lost two hundred million, two hundred and sixty some million. You you think they're just gonna let that slide? Fuck no! They're gonna make a you know they're gonna make an example out of that dude, and uh, you know and you know metaphorically they're gonna put his head on a pike outside of town and they're just gonna let or they're you know leave him hanging there after after they hang him they're just gonna leave him there to let people know what happens it's uh it's one of the older tricks in the book um it's just a little more sophisticated way of doing it now where they uh you, you don't really hear uh any reporting of this in anywhere except um strictly ag related um, publications. And so the only people that hear about it are the people that need to pay the most attention. And so it's, it's like a shot across the bow to, to every kind of independent rancher. Just like, Hey, don't, don't try to get cute here. Just know your fucking role and do your job. Uh, don't try to, don't try to get cute. Think things are good when, uh, when you play by our rules, but, uh, you, you try to, you try to get outside that and, uh, yeah, that's what happens. So it's one of those, and I can't say, can't say the guy was, uh, he was obviously, uh, at the end of the day, he was wrong. He, he stole a shitload of money that wasn't his. Um, and I can somewhat kind of see how he got there, but yeah, at the end of the day, there's not really much defending that, but I don't think it's quite as cut and dried of a story of, as a guy being greedy. So, yeah, anybody who's got some sort of contact, uh, if you by chance do, I, I would love to talk to that guy sometime and see, see what the hell, like, how, how did that all, how how did it start? How did it go south? Like, what was the the initial deal where where you're making those big bets and then then having to make bigger bets because you're losing your fucking ass? Like, did you just not know what you're doing, or what was the circumstance? Was it, you know, like. I don't know because it, you know, it's like, did did your your kicker break his leg right before the game, and then you lost, you know, your backup kicker missed three extra points, and that's what cost you the game. Uh, is is it shit like that? You know, like one off stuff, or is it like, no, you just made the wrong fucking bet, and uh, you know, is, is it one of those where like you uh, you sucked, or was it one of those God hates you type moments? Like that's where the the kicker breaks his leg, you know, and the and and the backup misses that that's that's where the the god hates you moments or or is it 
you know, you just like made it, made a stupid fucking bet. And like what, what led to all of it? And, uh, or was it just like a whole shit gumbo of all of it? I, I, I wonder, I just like, man, and how many, how many ranchers and farmers are in that same, same fucking scenario. But on, I mean, not, not to the level where they're writing fake invoices, but where they're like, you know, like, any sort of dip or huge change in the market and they're fucked, you know, like there's plenty of guys out there like that. And, uh, man, I don't know what you do. Like it's, it's, uh, it's kind of how the the system is right now and it, and it sucks. And there, there's, there's certain ways to get out of it on a smaller scale, but man, like if you're, if you're, if you're running several hundred head of cattle, like there's not many ways around it like that. You gotta, gotta play their game or, there's just not much, much other uh, choice. And so, I mean, it's always kind of a hats off to, to the guys that, that reach out uh, and, you know, and try to do something on their own. But then you see, like um, I was talking with Jen here a while back with, uh, um, with sustainable beef. And, you know, then you have Walmart buying a big, uh, you know, a large minority share uh, of that deal. And, you're like, well, shit. I mean, I guess you had to expect it at some point, but like, is nothing sacred? <laughs> Dude, is there, is there nothing? And, and there's like, well, fuck. Uh, may, maybe Easter day would have uh, had the money, but he would have had to write a, write a couple more pins and fake numbers to, to bill Tyson. So he could, uh, he could have fronted the money to invest in this, this, uh, type of deal. And, um, outside of that, you know, like I guess Bill Gates, you're going to go, go, uh, you know, make a pitch to Bill Gates to invest in this deal. Cause, uh, you know, it's better for the American producer when he's trying to get everybody to eat bugs and fake, uh, you know, lab grown meat. Um, like where, where does the money come from if not Walmart? And so you're just like, fuck man, you know, $400 million is a lot of fucking money. That's uh that it takes to, to build that, that process and plant. And you could, you could take all the wealth of every single, you know, independent rancher in, in the United States. That's got more than 50 head of cattle. And I don't know if they could come up you know, like if you force them to like come up with $400 uh, million to build this plant and, and still be able to make their, their, uh, their outfit work, I guarantee you that that couldn't work. They they couldn't make it work. It just, they, they, they wouldn't be able to pencil it through on their outfit. And so where, where does that money come from? Except for places like Walmart and, uh, just, ah, he's, he's making a deal with the devil. Probably. Is there any other choice? and not many good ones that I can see. And, um, so I, I like, <laughs> there's gotta be some way to, to like break out of this you know, cycle. I mean, yeah, a recession will, will help. It's, I mean, it's not, a recession's never good, but if, uh, if a recession's bad for, for your individual person, it's, it's pretty shitty for a bank too. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There's uh but then when when you look at the when all the dust settles from from this impending uh recession and, and I don't know if, if there's any gonna be any sort of collapse. Uh, I hope not. Um but when when the dust settles you'll just see more and more consolidation. You'll you'll have you know, groups like BlackRock buying all the, the rental homes in uh in the major urban uh, areas. And then you'll have people like the, the Mormon church and Bill Gates and, and other groups like BlackRock buying up all the farm ground. And, and pretty soon it'll just be, it'd be like in Western Kansas where, uh, American implement is the John Deere dealer. And they, <coughs> not only do they sell all the tractors and shit to, to all the farmers around, they, they own a bunch of ground and then, um, they're owned by John Deere and, uh, or they're, you know, affiliated with John Deere. So then they, they have the mechanics that can work on your, your new John Deere equipment. And, um, 
know, because if, if you work on yourself, you know, then it avoids the warranty and shit and all, all that. And then, yeah, it's, it's a whole it's a whole racket. It's, uh, it's all a fucking racket. But um, how how that uh, how does that change? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good solution, but I, I thought this was a really interesting story and I haven't heard much of a of an in-depth um, uh, synopsis synopsis of it yet. And I don't know how in depth this is, but it's it's more in depth than than I had, I've heard from um, from most of the kind of ag outlets that I that I follow. So um, I would I would highly recommend reading this uh, piece. It's on thecounter.org. I don't know anything else about this site. I don't. I, just a little bit of uh, research I've done on the author. He seems to be kind of a vegetarian slash vegan um, hippie lefty, but he wrote a really good piece. Um, very well, well thought out, um, very nuanced. And um, so, and, and for once you've got a lefty um, kind of, if not directly taken up the cause for for the independent ranchers, at least uh, um, shining uh, or showing this this Cody Easterday in like the most generous possible light that he could, and I think that so anyway, I I, I appreciated his take on it, and I thought it was a good, well written piece. So I'll I'll put that in the in the show notes. Um, so if you want to read it, check it out. And, um, anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, hope everybody has a good week. Um, everybody's, uh, getting busy with fall works and it's, uh, it's that time of year. So it's cooling off at least. And, uh, hope y'all are getting some moisture while, when you need it and not when you don't and, um, stay safe out there. You know, it's, uh, everybody's kind of running their ass off right now, but it'll, uh, it'll slow down sh- soon enough. And, um, and if not, we've always got a nuclear war to look forward to. Um, and, um, yeah. And if you're going to just celebrate the the downfall of it all, you might as well do it by supporting this show, patreon.com slash burning daylight, or you can buy the space uh, or you can subscribe for the paid episodes on Spotify as well. Uh, Spotify, if you listen to it there and you don't, even if you don't sign up for the paid episodes, if you listen to it on Spotify, I get paid more money on the ad reads. So um, head over to Spotify. I like them. Uh, it's, a, it's a good platform and it's all video on there, uh, video or audio, uh, depending on if your screen is locked or not. Uh, it's a cool deal. Anyways, uh, that's the best way to support the show. Patreon.com slash burning daylight or sign up on Spotify. Um, you'll get some bonus content. You'll get the, you get the everything a little bit early, except for the live streams. Those are, I can't really double live stream. So either way, uh, fence post politics, um, it's about the only episodes, uh, or, or the bull session. Those are about the only episodes that you don't get early. Um, but, you typically get bonus content on those. So anyway, uh, starting at five bucks a month. So, um, that's how you, the, how you could help the show. Um, and tell a friend if you would share the stuff around. Um, yeah, I would like to make a little bit of money at it. So if you could do that, that would help me out. And, um, on that note, don't let your butt crack and, uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Playing late night crazy pot size games with the Asian dealers who with all that tax free money got deeper pockets than I do. I can't fade that kind of action, but my name's there on the list. Who would go to Vegas with a game in town like this? Stuck in Chile.
sometimes to just say nothing and now I'm living with what I've done I'm a losing lately gambler but that's not all I ever been cutting back your losses just another way to win Like 